This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about What If, Season 2, Episode 4. What if Tony Stark crashed into the Grandmaster? Not yet. Wait. Get out of here, you crazy kids. Go, go, go. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industry. We're on to episode four of What If? What if Tony Stark crashed into the Grandmaster? Or maybe what if Mr. Metal Mojo Man crashed into the Grandmaster? <laughs> exactly. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome back to our coverage of What If? Season two. Yeah. Yes, the Grandmeister, in fact. The Grandmeister, yes. A, a very... um Big performance from uh, Jeff Goldblum here, channeling the Grandmaster once definitely, again. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, this, this is a fun episode, uh, racing episode. Um, instantly reminded me of uh, The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 4, which was uh, their racing episode. Yes. <laughs> which is interesting that this is Season 2, Episode 4 of uh, of uh, the Marvel What If. So um, interesting that it is a racing episode for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On the planet of Sakaar. Of course, of course. We return. We do return to Sakaar from uh, Thor Ragnarok. But we'll get into all of that as we go into our discussion about the episode. Uh, just a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can pop on over to tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, join us over there. Subscribe to the podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can also send your thoughts in about what if or any of the shows that we cover to our email address at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or join us over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Uh, where we have spoiler posts up for every episode of What If to leave your thoughts on them as we go through the episodes. We should also say that once again, we are Christless. We thought Chris was going to be back for episode four of the podcast because um, he was supposed to be here. But unfortunately, now he's gotten the lurgy. Uh, apparently he's talking like an 80 year old who smokes 20 a day was his description so uh, I thought it was going to be a sexy podcast voice that he was going to have but he says it does not work uh, and an audio medium so he's going to take next couple of episodes off get himself back to uh, back to wellness and he'll hopefully join us uh, towards the end of the season for yes, what if absolutely yeah. get well soon Christoph. get well soon but without further ado let us get into our spoiler filled discussion of episode four of this season's what if mm -hmm. what if tony stark crashed into the grandmaster derek what are some of the episode details well once again executive producers for the show are brian andrews ac bradley and brand brad winderbaum along with of course kevin feige this episode was written by the head writer for the show ac bradley um who just confirmed uh, after the final episode was released on disney plus that this is her final uh, season of what if she has moved on to pastures new after uh, five years i think working on the yeah. project of what if so uh, so she has moved on now after uh, after being so central to the show yeah and there is a season three as well there is a season three coming absolutely um but it is a shame that uh, ac bradley won't be working on the third season because yeah. as you can see this the step up into season two has been really really good so uh, it'll be interesting to see it under uh new management for season three definitely <laughs> yeah uh, but this episode once again directed by brian andrews who's directed the last two episodes as well and most of the episodes for the season so uh so great to have uh, that continuation on from brian andrews but John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for What If Season 2, Episode 4? What if Tony Stark 
crashed into the Grandmaster. Sure. In 2012, Tony Stark saves New York by redirecting a nuclear missile towards the Shatari mothership, but the wormhole closes before he can return to Earth. Stark crash lands on Sakaar and is forced to stay by its ruler, the Grandmaster. Tony interferes in a death race to save one of the races, Korg, and encounters Gamora, who was sent by Thanos to kill Stark for stopping the Shatari. The Grandmaster's chief enforcer, Topaz, imprisons Gamora and Stark. Stark escapes, but upon learning of Gamora's purpose, decides to save Sakaar from the Grandmaster. Tony recruits Korg and Valkyrie, and builds a new Iron Man suit, then challenges the Grandmaster to a race for the title of Sakaar's ruler. Mm -hmm. The Grandmaster uses numerous cheating methods, but Stark ultimately wins the race. Valkyrie crashes into Topaz to save Stark's life at the finish line, causing her staff to hit and melt the Grandmaster. After Valkyrie is crowned the new King of Sakaar, Stark joins Gamora in confronting Thanos. Having been convinced by Iron Man to forge her own path rather than live in her father's shadow, Gamora kills him with Topaz's staff. In a mid-credits scene, the still-alive Grandmaster begs Topaz to collect his puddle form. <laughs> I have a feeling that that post credit scene was more to do with a bit of a riff that Jeff Goldblum was doing rather than anything <laughs> yeah. in the MCU. It yeah. seems very unlikely that he would still be alive after the uh, after being turned into a puddle, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'm melting. I'm melting, exactly. Very good. <laughs> but as usual, as we go through the episode, we'll talk about the things that this is kicking off from. We'll talk about all the elements that we liked about it. What's the big change here uh, that changed from the MCU? And what could it lead to in the future as well? Uh, we'll start off there with the what if we had seen this before, our first point, what uh, what cinematic universe movies from Marvel is this kicking off from? Uh, I suppose the first big thing here to say is that this is the episode that should have been in season one. Uh, this was Gamora's episode, um, which is which told us how she became a uh, defender of the multiverse. Isn't that? They, yeah. were, they were called the group that the Watcher brought together. Um, so this was supposed to be seen in season one, wasn't completed in time, and they brought it into season two. So um, so it does feel like a a little bit of that story of how Gamora came um, to be the powerful character that Watcher brought into uh, to his uh, guardians, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Guardians of the multiverse, not defenders of the yeah, multiverse. I mean, in in it some ways, it's standalone as much yeah. as any of the others. So it doesn't feel out of place in any sense, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, I, I, you know, maybe it would have been better to have seen it in season one, given, you know, there was the whole uh, Guardians of the Multiverse team yeah. up where Gamora is central to that. Exactly. Um, but Everybody else got their story in season one, but we hear in the voiceover from the Watcher, you yeah. don't know her story, here it is kind of thing. So it seems like a flashback to season one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but of course now you can just sort of play around with the episodes as exactly. they are on Disney+, Plus, <laughs> exactly. um, which is, I guess, a really good thing to mm -hmm. be able to do. Yeah. Um, but all, the, the main mcu movie here that's being referenced um is thor ragnarok mm -hmm. um and, yeah. you know interestingly here it, it's it's not thor that has arrived on sakaar mm -hmm. the hulk isn't the champion exactly. of the grand master it is almost like blue elephants yeah. um type sort of or mammoth type creatures mm -hmm. um 
So that's kind of where we've seen this before is, yeah. is um, through Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and but, it's happening significantly before because the other, yeah. the other movie that it's connected to, of course, is the Avengers, the, the closing scene of that where Iron Man, uh, just in the nick of time, gets back to Earth through the, the portal outside, uh, outside the planet. Um, this case, the portal closes and he gets sent off to Zakaar. So basically, all of the events after the Avengers uh, haven't happened yet. So uh, Hulk went to Sakaar after the end of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, where he left Earth. So that hasn't happened yet. But we do hear when uh, when Tony Stark arrives on the planet Sakaar, they're all aware of what he's done on Earth, how he's blocked Earth from being taken over by the, by the Shatari and uh, by Thanos, of course. So, yes. uh, so that's why Grandmaster takes him into a special place, uh, I guess, at that stage. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately is a guest, really. Yeah. You know, he's watching this first kind of um, race, uh, which Tony is kind of spectating on. Yeah. Sees it is pretty brutal, you know, no quarter given, lots of explosions. Mm -hmm. Seemingly, Grandmaster wants bigger explosions. Some of them aren't big enough. But, yeah. I mean, this you know, it has the feel of the Roman amphitheater, the Colosseum, exactly. um, you know, but also the, the games to the death yeah. uh, type of uh, sort of entertainment for the people of Sakaar. Yeah, but also, as Tony references, it also reminds him of Formula One. <laughs> because, yeah. which I kind of like. NASCAR. Yeah, NASCAR. And, and NASCAR, yeah. But the reason why I like the ref Formula One reference that Tony makes is that's how we, how the opening of, um, of Iron Man 2, uh, started with Tony racing in the yes. Monaco Grand Prix, right? Yeah. So, uh, he opted into his own Formula One car. So, uh, so there is a little reference there. And again, this hasn't happened because Tony's been taken out of, uh, out of time, um, yeah, directly after the Avengers. I mean, I think one of his lines is, "It's like NASCAR, but they explode." Um, mm -hmm. You know, and <laughs> yeah, there's a really good line from the Grandmaster. It says, "You know, he was made to be roadkill." Yes, <laughs> yes. I like where Tony's uh, Tony's wondering where all the ambulances and, yeah. and health no people medics, are. To, no, no medics. Yeah. No firefighters. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Any other uh, any other movies? Any other uh, Marvel movies that they that they could be pulling in here um, at this stage? Um, I don't think there's any more that, no. that are referenced. Obviously, as you say, the big jump off point is Ragnarok. It's not just that we don't have Thor and Loki and, uh, and Hulk here. Loki was the guest in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Tony Stark is the guest here in, in this, uh, in this episode. Um, but also that's where we met Korg for the first time and Meek for the first time, uh, was on, was in Thor Ragnarok. Yes. So it's Tony meeting them. And Valkyrie, of course, uh, was, was introduced in Thor Ragnarok as well. So they're all introduced here in this episode then. Yeah. To, to the references. Well, let us get on to our second point. What uh -huh. if there was a small change? And it is that Tony Stark is on Sakaar. Exactly. But here, uh, what we have is it's Tony Stark effectively looking to do uh, regime change by uh, taking down the Grand Master. Mm -hmm. But this is all coming from a, a, a place where he is confronted by Gamora, who's trying to kill him yep. uh, at the order of Thanos because yeah. of his win in the Battle of New York exactly. against the Shatari. Yeah. And, and it's ultimately, uh, I mean, he, the, he constantly uh, is referencing campground rules, you know, leave the place better than you found it. Mm -hmm. um, and this is ultimately what he's looking to do uh, here in Sakaar yeah. is provide the people with a ruler that they deserve. You know, we hear that there is famine happening uh, and that, you know, ultimately the Grand Master is really just looking after himself. But yeah. it's also <laughs> to try and prove to Gamora that, you know, his win 
in New York City was to protect his people, and he's yes. going to now protect the people of Sakaar from the whims of the Grand Master. Absolutely. I, I love how we find out that there is a famine on Sakaar and that people don't have any, enough to eat because Grand Master says, we used to throw rotten food at the racers. Now we can't because it feels really uh, bad to throw rotten food when people are starving yeah. so much. So now we're throwing chinchillas <laughs> at them instead and guinea pigs at them instead, yeah. um, but, I mean, which is very funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, here we have that moment as well where um, Tony learns of Thanos, mm-hmm. uh, that the Shatari were Thanos's army. That's right. So you know he learns this much later um, within the Infinity Saga, really mm-hmm. yeah. uh, about Thanos. That's right. Uh, for him, he was protecting Earth and New York City from the Shatari, ultimately. And Loki, yeah. And um, you know, yeah. so he learns this very quickly from uh, Gamora, and uh, yeah, we have then him and Gamora locked up um, Mm -hmm. together. I kind of like this back and forth. Just the fact that him and Gamora, you know, unlikely bedfellows, obviously antagonistic. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he escapes with Korg, they leave Gamora behind, but she ultimately um, manages to escape. And he says, did you glare yourself out of that cell? Um, You know, the... There's references to Gamora as the asparagus woman and mm-hmm. Lady Grinch yeah. as well. I just thought these were some kind of nice nicknames Absolutely. thrown around um, as well. Yeah, yeah. And during this as well, Korg also talks about the brutality of the event, but Korg in his uh, simplistic way is describing how what the winners get of the race and what the losers get. They get the same thing. Um, they effectively get killed and buried. That's yeah. their that's their reward for the, for the race as well. Um, but similarly to Ragnarok, um, when Thor set up the Revengers uh, on uh, on Sakaar to take out the Grandmaster, this is what Tony does here. He gets everybody on board to work together. So he has Korg, Valkyrie, um, and eventually Gamora, sort of, uh, on his side, so the four of them can take on the Grandmaster uh, as the Grandmaster wants to race against Tony Stark. Yeah, I'm, I must say, I really like Topaz here because the Grandmaster mm-hmm. accepts the challenge laid down by Tony Stark mm-hmm. uh, after he's built his new Iron Man suit and has hacked into the kind of communications of the Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. And she's like... You're not going to accept this. This is stupid. (laughs) And it's like, well, you know, and it's just like that. There's a big Jeff Goldblum ism Uh that goes on. I really like that. But ultimately, he does one race winner takes the planet effectively. Mm -hmm. um, And Gamora here is forced to race. But she's trying, she's gunning for Tony still in this moment. It's only as the race goes on, um, you have Tony trying to convince Gamora and. not to kill him and to ask, you know, who she is other than uh, her father's daughter exactly. or Thanos's daughter. Yeah. So um, I kind of quite like this. I, I mean, the race was very good. The Grandmaster having all the buttons to push to give him some mm-hmm. kind of advantage. Um, very and, wacky races. You know, very wacky races. Almost yeah. a bit tronny at one mm-hmm. stage yeah. where they go underground <laughs> and you've got the neon sort of blue light um so very much like tron there yes yes i definitely see that uh also did like one of the moment with topaz uh when the uh, course almost turns into a big slide and you just hear this really deadpan we from topaz Uh, great to see her back actually because it's a character that that was actually used really well in ragnarok and worked as a good foil to this 
big overblown character that Jeff, Bo- Jeff Goldblum plays uh, in that movie. So I think she worked really well there. And again, as a good foil here. Yeah. Uh, and of course, she has one of the most important things, which is this staff that melts people. Yes. So, and, um, you know, effectively, the staff melts um, the Grand Master here, where mm-hmm. Topaz. I mean, I just love the fact that Tony actually wins the race, but then the Grand Master, having lost the race with all his advantages, all yeah. his little gizmos, goes. He says it was a dead heat. He says it's a dead heat. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have Topaz coming around to try and take out Iron Man with the staff that's kind of loaded, sort of almost a la Mad Max mm-hmm. onto the front of her vehicle. Yeah. Uh, but you have. Um, Valkyrie sort of taking, well, knocking her car off, um, off target yes. and, and the staff hitting, um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's and, and melting him. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, I like that. I'm melting. Yes. <laughs> really good. Uh, I did like that. That was, that was quite fun. Uh, but he was about to declare himself the winner, of course, uh, as he, as of you would expect. Was, yeah. But, uh, but he does die. He does melt. Okay. He's not dead, at least in the post-credits. Well, he's a talking puddle. Uh, he is now a talking puddle. Um, but, Valkyrie get, gets the um, the prize. She's the one that wins control of Sakara, so she's now going to step up and take over Sakara with Korg at her side. Um, not too sure whether to have someone like Korg um, being the uh, the hand of the king as, as yeah, such. Yeah, I know. I don't know how yeah. that will work. I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what um, information he would be providing. I guess it's just to have someone funny in the court, maybe. I guess so, the jester. <laughs> the jester. Uh, but I suppose the bigger thing that happens here is that Tony does convince Gamora uh, to join him and to go out and set her own path, uh, which she does in Guardians of the Galaxy, of course. That's kind of where we met Gamora much more, is that she is now out on her own path. She's no longer under the wing of Thanos. She's she'd made her decision. So uh, the intervention of Tony has allowed her to make that, that change. Um, so that brings us on to the final kind of point that we have which is what if the universe was changed forever and in this universe because of tony convincing gamora uh, to strike her own path she goes back with him and kills thanos yeah with topaz's, with staff. topaz's staff exactly yeah, so much sooner no infinity saga yeah. and ultimately uh goes on to join the guardians of the multiverse mm-hmm. rather than the guardians of the galaxy exactly exactly so quite a big moment again yeah. and another another episode that has changed everything so that we don't have the whole multiverse saga again so that's quite interesting uh any anything else of the episode you want to talk about anything that we might have left out john anything uh, that that struck you as uh, as interesting or fun in the episode that we didn't talk about uh, the only thing was when Tony says, I'm from Earth, and you have the Grand Master going, Earth, Arf, Arf. <laughs> um, and Tony's going, like, No, Earth. Uh, he just, he's not kind of pronouncing it correctly, which I guess, you know, <laughs> makes sense for an alien being. Well, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I kind of quite like that. That's one of the premises of, uh, of Invincible is that, uh, that the planet was under watch by mistake because they, um, they called Earth uh, a different, a different name. So. Um, so that's a, that, that's yeah. a little funny I, joke. There. I like the the flippancy of Tony Stark in general, but certainly his little name for Korg, where he goes, "Thanks for the tip, Mount Rushmore." Yes, yes. Um, you know, the, the, Tony is kind of done really quippy in, in the What If series. Definitely, it's it's really good. And yeah, he was always written that way, quite yeah. quippy, up until really Iron Man three, when he had the big crisis of faith. I suppose driven by him uh, going out into space to to battle the the forces of Thanos. That's what led led him to do that. But he's always been quite creepy. Always came up with uh, with good 
uh, names for yeah. other people around them. Um, the only other thing that we didn't talk about that I think we should probably mention on here, um, which is kind of connected to Iron Man's origin story, Tony's locked up in uh, in the room with Gamora, and once again, he takes the opportunity to build a brand new Iron Man suit. It's very similar to the Hulk Hulkbuster in size. It looks very similar to that, and that then turns into his uh, his ship or his car that he drives. Well, his in, emergency in the race. car, if he needs it, because yeah. he is in another vehicle, he which is. gets destroyed. Yeah. But then he is able to disassemble his suit mm-hmm. into form. Uh, the racing, which car. I thought looked really cool, that yeah, was one of my is. favorite moments in the episode where we have Tony breaking apart and then fall, reforming into the car, or, yeah. s- or Seuss reforming into the car, not like, Tony himself. Yeah, and I liked how Tony in in this episode of What If used his arc reactor, mm-hmm. his chest again to give extra boost to the car, yeah. and then also earlier in the episode he yeah. said, "Well, don't do this very often," and yeah. using it just to get extra power in order to, I think it may have been to escape from the prison. It popped yeah. off his um his tag yes, that was that on, was it, yeah. uh, which we saw in Ragnarok that Thor couldn't even get that off himself, so yeah. uh, he had to get uh, Valkyrie to to uh, free him from that. So uh, effectively, the arc reactor allowed him to do that in uh, in this episode, which is quite cool. Yeah, and that's it though uh, for for the episode. John, do you defend season two, episode four? What if Tony Stark crashed into the Grandmaster? Yes, I do. I, I like this was just you know really easy episodes and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give this three melty gold blooms out of five. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I just thought it was really, it was kind of simple. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's not so much that I thought this was the best TV ever, but I kind of liked it. It was good fun. It was just a very simple storyline. I do like Jeff Goldblum a lot. And I like how he portrays the Grandmaster. It was mm-hmm. one of the few things as well in Ragnarok that I actually liked when it got to, you know, Interesting. I, right. I like that and his double act with Topaz. Um, I think, you know, maybe it feels like it is of season one of this, mm-hmm. uh, for yep. sure. Uh, but, you know, I kind of like this, um, overall. I don't think it's necessarily the best thing I'll have watched this year. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I would, I think it's, it's solid and it's another good what if story. So yep. yeah, for yep. me, three melty gold blums out of five. Derek. Very good. Do you defend uh, this episode of What If? It's fine. Um, it's interesting. We came out of season one knowing that the Gamora episode was the one that we hadn't seen. Uh, there was a little flash to it where we saw Gamora with Tony Stark. I probably didn't expect the episode to be effectively Tony Stark's racing episode that happened to have Gamora in the background yeah. trying to kill him. I didn't expect that to be the episode. Um, it's okay. Uh, we rewatched Thor Ragnarok because I always have been quite harsh in that movie. Every time I referenced it, we rewatched it recently, and I did realize I liked everything up until they get to Sakaar and then kind of liked everything after they leave Sakaar. But it's Sakaar <laughs> with the place that I felt just really pushed the improvisation rather than the actual written-down scripted comedy. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff Goldblum who I do love, but can only take in doses. I felt he was the one that was most unscripted. And we see that again here. So for me, this is probably my least favorite of the season so far. And I think it's going to be my least favorite of season two of What If. Um, And I think overall of What If, uh, in totality, it's probably going to be around the same level as the Party Thor episode of season one. It's fine. Yeah. I'm happy that we saw it, but I do remember coming out of season one going, I wish we'd seen that episode where 
Gamora turns and becomes um, a Guardian of the Multiverse. And then to find out this was the episode, it's like, okay, that's fine. Maybe I could have lived without seeing it, but it's there now. It's fine. <laughs> we can move on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. John, what if we had some feedback? Absolutely. What if we did? Uh, first up on email from Meryl Smith, uh, we have a quick email about what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas. Uh, Meryl says... A nice die-hard homage mixed with the zaniness of the MCU and you have the recipe for a possibly new classic Christmas special for the ages. Still not topping the Guardian special, though. Justin Hammer has always been one of my favourite side characters in the MCU, mm. back when one of the defining things about the villains were their unique personalities. I hope there are more What If episodes centred around him. His character can work in a lot of unique scenarios if you use your imagination in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks so much, Meryl. Mm. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I really like Justin Hammer as um, the, the character that he is. It's just, it's so over the top. It is, you know, the arrogance of him, him equating himself to Tony Stark mm-hmm. um, and, and more, but actually, you know, falling short uh, all the time. Yes, he's Tony Stark without the talent, basically. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> just so, an arrogant rich guy. Yeah, I, I can, I can happily have more justin hammer to be honest and sam rockwell is excellent doing uh justin hammer as well absolutely absolutely Uh, thanks so much for the email meryl Uh, also an email for this episode we have an email in from coffee and vodka who says greetings fellow wacky racing defenders dr strange could only find one possibility out of 14 million of defeating thanos he should have checked the multiverse, where, as often as not, the Mad Titan is killed right out of the starting blocks. This was bright, slick, fun, and a prime example of why, while Winter Soldier is the most solid of the MCU movies, Thor Ragnarok is the most rewatchable. Everything's just better on the trash planet with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Mick Wingert's RDJ was so good, I thought they got Danny back for this episode. The script was tight and quippy, while the non-stop action carried the rest. The only minor complaint I have is Gamora seemed more an afterthought, almost a plot device than a character. Other than this, I loved every second. Five hurled hamsters, chuck chinchillas, grandmaster races, and peckish populaces out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Great stuff. Coffee and vodka. I like, uh, I like chucked chinchillas. Yeah, exactly. Particularly and hurled stuff. hamsters. Hurled hamsters. Pretty yeah, good too. Really good uh, coffee and vodka. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was good fun this episode for mm. sure, yeah. Yeah, Mick, Mick Wenger has done uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man voice for quite a long time now. He's done uh, lots and lots of versions of it. And I think he does a, such a great job that there are times when you really can't tell yeah, the difference. If they did bring back Robert Downey Jr., you're kind of going, well, you have to pay him a lot of money. And uh, Mick does a really good job of doing the voice anyway. So uh, keep him on board. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Uh, over on our Facebook group, we got some feedback from Heather Wallace, who says, this is one of my least favorites so far, mm. but I feel like it's a part one of two to account for Gamora's behavior at the end. The Grandmaster and Topaz were fantastic. What a duo. Uh, completely agree. I love the duo of uh, Topaz and her boss, mm-hmm. the Grandmaster, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? For me... I was kind of going, this is the interstitial episode, as as the Watcher says at the start. This is the one that explains to you how Gamora got to be a member of the Guardian, Guardians of uh, of the 
multiverse. I keep wanting to say galaxy every time I say Guardians of, but that's how she got to that point. But uh, as Heather said, and as uh, Coffee and Vodka said, because Gamora isn't as featured in the episode as you would have expected her to be, you still feel there's more story there that would yeah. uh, show you how she was convinced to, to make that turn. So um, so I'm kind of with you there, uh, Heather. As I say, this is probably my least favorite of the season so far. It's still fun, but uh, but yeah. Just not the best of the episodes. Finally, on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips says, Mario Brothers Kart Racing is one of the few games I've ever played. Ad nauseum with kids. And this Mario Ben-Hur crossover gave me so much joy. Excellent stuff, Excellent. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Bob. Yeah, Definitely some uh, some Mario, Mario Brothers or Mario Kart in there, isn't there? Well, there was no flying bananas uh, coming out. There or, wasn't. Or... Uh, Turtle or no, tortoise shells. No, shells going everywhere. No, no red, oh, red it shells. It was very there. like that. Yeah, it did seem, did seem pretty similar. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks so much for your feedback. If you want to send any thoughts into us, as I mentioned earlier on, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. Once again, thanks for joining us. We will be back next time with What If Season 2, Episode 5. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Ooh, that's going to be oh, exciting! Oh. Love Captain Carter. Can't wait for uh, can't wait for more of her adventures and and what if? Absolutely. Speak to you again next time. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for joining us on our journey through the what ifs of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, until next time for episode five. Keep watching. Keep listening. Keep defending and keep melting. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.